Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Pat Mulroy. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We do this every day. I'm the supervisor of the World of Learning Institute. And today my co-host is Lauren McMinn, one of our virtual learning specialists. The World of Learning Institute provides virtual world language instruction and other courses like calculus or chemistry when it's difficult for a school or district to find a teacher. We're here to talk with you about what we do every day in, to make virtual learning authentic, relevant, and engaging. Uh, you can get in touch with me at pmulroy at theworldoflearninginstitute.com for more information. Um, Lauren, like I said, is here with me today, in addition to two amazing people from IU8 to talk to us about what they do every day to create engaging learning experiences that support our IU8 districts. Sarah Brambley is a curriculum specialist and a STEM expert and a big supporter of the world of learning. We also have her colleague, Brenda Calhoun, an educational technology specialist who has also been a great supporter of the World of Learning work. Um, today, we're gonna ask them about the innovations they are seeing in rural schools and the opportunities every child needs to be future ready. So let's get started. Um, Sarah, Brenda, can you tell folks about yourself and your educational background at the IU? Yeah, absolutely. So I started college as a pre-farm major, and then I switched to a secondary math major, which I stayed for quite a while. And then at the very end, I switched to elementary education. Um, so I have, I have a concentration in math as well. But I ended up an ELA teacher, seventh grade ELA, for a lot of years. Um, and then the, an opening came available for a gifted education teacher. So I, I made that um, switch, and it was a really good switch. And while I was learning you know, the ropes of gifted education, I really got involved in STEM because I just think that is such a great way to enrich students. And so then I became, then they decided to create a STEM course and I became the STEM educator at that district. And now I am the STEM specialist at IU8. And it's just like, I love to learn. And so I could be a full-time student if that were an option. And the most recent class I finished was emergent technology. And one of the main key takeaways for me was how to evaluate technology to make it make sure it's worthwhile and with schools investing money in it, it's just really important to be able to do that. Sarah, real quick, real quick, before we jump on here, STEM, tell people what STEM is and then we'll let Brenda introduce herself. <laughs> you know, that is, that is the million dollar question, Pat, because of course STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. And so it does involve all of those class, those subject areas, but it is very much hands-on learning, right? So like students have to explore, they have to do the design thinking process, they have to create new iterations of things. Um, so the, it can be an engineering lesson, it can be a science lesson, it can still fall into STEM. And so I don't have a simple answer for you because it definitely involves robotics and coding as well in the technology piece, but it is, it is just relevant real world learning. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Brenda, let's hear about your experience. Hello there. So I have more of a background in journalism, marketing, communications, and community outreach than I do directly um, with working with students. All of my teaching experience has been with adults um, with, with a little bit of student interaction here and there with a younger crew. Uh, I do have a lot of experience with educational technology from my time here at the IU, and it's morphing a little bit more into communications. And then, of course, tiptoeing into STEM. A lot of educational technology has kind of pushed into that STEM arena just organically. Um, and I, I really like informal learning. I'm probably more likely to learn from a, from a blog post that I read about on Twitter than I am to take a course through an accredited organization. Um, I think we just all learn in different ways. I love podcasts and all of my learning is, is more of an informal approach. So that makes it um, kind of, a, I think, a unique approach to continuing my learning. 
Well, I always love to follow and we'll have to make sure we put your Twitter handle on there because I have picked up several books upon your recommendation, whether you know it or not, um, because I know that you do that kind of learning, which is is really cool. And I think that that's there's something to that. I wouldn't like say that that's necessarily even informal because I really think you learn and I've seen you apply a lot of what you've learned from those different professional learning communities, really um in in the world and and it's benefited the iu in a lot of ways so lauren yeah, it's, going to, it's going to be carrying more weight i think as we head into the future ready it's not always going to be you know through some ways it's, it's going to be that different style agreed 100 percent agreed so thanks brenda for lifting that piece up and i'm glad you're that kind of learner because i think it's super important that we consider that as as we think about how we address kids and and even our teachers colleagues who we um, help to support. So Lauren, you're yeah. next. Thanks for having me, Pat. So um, I am one of the virtual learning specialists at the World of Learning. I am a French teacher by trade, um, and I still teach a little bit, but I mostly work to support our um, instructors that we have, um, mainly the French, the Japanese, and the Chinese teams. And I also help of you know keeping the world of learning train running along and um i love hearing about the different type of learners that people are i'm definitely a hands-on learner so stem all the way love it my kids are hands-on learners and they're super interested in that as well so i'm really excited about the conversation we're going to have excellent excellent so sarah why don't you just start us off and tell us why stem is so important in schools well, I'm going to share a little bit about my background. Like I said, I was a gifted support educator. And at the very first GIEP meeting I held on the second day of school, the parents are like, my son really likes Legos and engineering. Is there anything you can do to get him involved? And I was like, huh. So I did my research and that's actually when I discovered First Lego League. And so that's where it all started for me. And what's neat about First Lego League is it's research like students have to do research to solve an everyday problem. So like our first one was marine debris. And we had to come up with something that could help catch some trash that was going out in the ocean from the beaches. And so like that was a really neat process. And to know that there were already things designed but aren't widely implemented was surprising. So um, and then from there, you have to build a robot and build these attachments to solve problems on this map that are pre-created out of a Lego robot. Um, and so that was incredible just to see how the student's mind works like how I would build something versus how they would build something like they're exponentially ahead of where I could ever be. It's fantastic. And then they get like with first Lego league specifically, they develop the teamwork. They get all those soft skills, right? Like they learn to communicate, they learn to research. They, they just are become better persons through like such a simple program. But of course it's STEM is so much bigger than just for gifted students, right? It's for all students. Um, and it just helps all students grow as critical thinkers and it helps them develop for coding and engineering design or doing multiple iterations of a process. They're growing throughout every part of it. And so they all help, like, you know, you always hear that people want, employers want people that can think outside the box. Well, STEM does that. STEM lets them be creative and think outside the box to come up with solutions. So there's just so many good things in STEM that are just byproducts that aren't specifically taught. That's so cool, Sarah. I love hearing about how you were meeting a student's need and then it just led to this really cool path. Um, Brenda, what have you seen in your role and how has STEM evolved over the years? Sure, yeah, I think to echo what Sarah has said, it's really about the critical thinking and the problem solving and being able to make connections. When you see pieces of information or knowledge that 
seem totally separate, but when they get combined in a certain way, they, they provide a different um, way of thinking for the students and even for the teachers. Um, I think I like that it lets the unexpected students shine. We, we kind of think that it's always going to be the high flyer academic students. And oftentimes, of course it is, but then we also see students with more of a mechanical perception-based mindset that really excel in the STEM arena, even though they're maybe not the best at dissecting Romeo and Juliet for literature class. But so it just allows different students to shine in different ways. Yeah, isn't isn't that so true? And I think, um, and I know we had conversations about this kind of like walking down the hall, you know, when we're at the IU and things like that. And I do think thinking about it more broadly and to think about the different kind of learners and you know, maybe some of those kids that you're talking about, Brenda, who haven't been able to show their strengths and talents, like don't even know how to show up in, in a place where, you know, they haven't been given this opportunity to do it in school. And now all of a sudden it's like, they almost kind of stop in their tracks. I think sometimes it takes them a little while, you know, to kind of get wound back up. So um, what I think, Brenda, can you describe any of the particular projects like that you've walked? I know there's you guys have been working on this more than just a couple of weeks. I mean, this is something that over the pandemic, I know both of you were trying to find ways to kind of get a lot of the products we have out into the hands. Are there any projects that you've seen that just kind of give you like just this? Oh, wow, that's amazing. Um, sure. Yeah, we, we keep a close eye on student programs, even if we're not directly involved in them. Um, and Sarah referenced First Lego League. That was one place where we saw some students um, come in and kind of be missing some pieces of the competition. But it was amazing to see how they figured it out on the fly and how patient they were with each other when looking back, you could maybe see that they hadn't quite prepared the way they would have liked to through no fault of anybody's, it just happens sometimes. Um, we also have a pretty direct connection with a state program that actually goes national called the Student Invention Convention. And back at a uh, conference in February, about 40 students who were regional winners came and presented an invention that they created from scratch. They had to identify a problem, kind of similar to the first Lego League, but um, not quite as structured for, for invention convention. And they would, so provide a solution. So some of the ones there were very much, um, they were very scientific, like figuring out how to get the salt out of salt water, salt water so it could be consumed and using batteries a second time because they could be rejuiced even though they weren't rechargeable. Um, so some really, really neat things. And from that particular activity, the winners um, statewide go on to nationals and at nationals, they can win money towards a patent. So we really see STEM skills kind of rubber hits the road type thing where they can take their ideas, flush them out and have them be a real thing on the market someday. Well, you know, it's just um, interesting that you talk about um, patent and like then you, th you know, then you think about the writing involved and, you know, there's there's so many other things. Yes, you can be a great inventor, but there's, or you can, you know, all the scientists, but it, it kind of, we've been at, I've been at a conference today and really talking about how, like we can't learn in a silo and how like Sarah, you were saying, can't really describe STEM. So it's really kind of interesting um, to kind of think about that. But Brenda, can you also talk really briefly about some of the big grants? I know that, you know, some of the grants you've gotten recently and that you're working on 
have been kind of important to what the work sure. you're doing? Yeah, at the IU, we we pursued a PA Smart grant, which was something that the state had available a little over, um, probably about two years ago. It was right before March of 2020, and we did receive that grant. So we did a lot of work with getting teachers access to trainings, which were online. So it was a little bit easier for them to tackle, um, to not be out of classes. Well, we were all out of classes then for quite a while then after that period of time. But we had some really good timing with that and that we were kind of poised to serve the needs of teachers getting some skills that they hadn't originally had and then getting some STEM equipment into student hands. Um, and we are in the midst of that grant now. We, we recently just pursued a second round of that same funding that we won't know for a couple weeks yet if we receive, but we're really following that same path, providing accessibility and providing um, the ability for students who don't always have the ability to access the equipment and or just the, the knowledge and the, the um, professional knowledge that Sarah shares with them um, out into student hands. And it's been a really, really great undertaking. And I'm sure Sarah can speak more to the PA Smart than I have. She's been a little bit more integral in the process than I have. Yeah, yeah so sorry. me, go ahead. Sorry, Pat. No, you're good. You're good, Lauren. Yeah, I just wanted to hear some of those success stories because, you know, the fact that you're doing that legwork to get the money to the schools, whether that's through teacher training or equipment directly in the hands of the students. Um, I just would love to hear more about that and the lives that you've touched. Yeah, so I'll start with tagging on to what Brenda was saying about the PA Smart grant, which we actually call 2.0 because we started an ecosystem with the first one. And so the second one is the one where we got the money to be able to offer online training for teachers. So we actually pulled in 10 teachers locally and they were able to create online courses that took about five hours for teachers to take. So then other teachers have been able to take them for free this entire year. And we've had over a hundred successful completions of those courses. So you have to realize like if one teacher, you know, if hundred teachers take it and each of them have 25 students, that's over 2000 students impacted, right? Like it can just be so huge. So I'm super excited about like that, the reach of that grant. And, and some of the things we can do there. And we've also made great collaborations with like local businesses throughout that grant because we've had to make videos and just get to find out what STEM careers are happening locally. So I have just been, we've been really blessed with grants since I've gotten here and I've been so fortunate to be able to help out with them. And another grant we got that probably brings me the most joy right now in my job is we got it through the Grable Foundation. And so we started these camps and they're called STEM Rocks Camps. And the ROC stands for Rural Outreach Connecting Kids to STEM. And they're mini camps and they're three hours and they're like an open house. So families just come and drop in and they learn together. And it's just, it's just, it's been tremendously successful. Um, our very first camp was at Wimber last year in May. And it, like the weekend before in May, it snowed, but we happened to pick the following Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Blessed with weather. We had sunshine and we had um, about a hundred people in attendance and we didn't know what to expect because it was our first one. Um, it was just so neat because we had a student in a wheelchair. So we had the, like, it was accessible for him. Right. And STEM is kind of unique that way, because even with physical impairments, there's usually something that they can do or adaptations for things or, um, but this kid was able to do everything. And he actually was the best coder at that camp. So he coded this robot and just made it do really neat things. And it was just phenomenal to see him be able to have such success. There was also a girl and her dad there. They got there right as it started and they went through every single station, all the engineering stations, all the um, 
uh, coding stations that we had board games. So they went through all the board games together. And at the end, like they were still there, like at 1230 and it ended around noon. We were just cleaning up and letting them do their thing. And she like, like all she was, she's like, dad, this was the best day ever. I don't want to leave. And he came <laughs> over and told that story. And she got like these big alligator tears in, in her eyes. And it just broke my heart, but also made me so happy that like what we had done was a success for them. Um, another story from the Grable campuses. We were at Johnstown Middle School, which is probably our poorest district, but also uh, most diverse district too in our area um, as far as ethnicity. <clears throat> um, and so there was this little boy I was talking to and, he, and I was telling him I was at like one of his friend's schools yesterday in his school today and I'll be at a different one tomorrow. And like he got to thinking, he's like, wait, it's like noon and you're leaving but you don't have anywhere to go till tomorrow. He's like, why can't you stay all day? Like, this is the best day we've had. And so it's just like things like that, but like those make it worthwhile, right? Like those are the, those are the things we live for and aspire for. So it was just, it was, those are two great stories from um, these camps. And I just, you know, you're making a difference when you're working directly with the kids. And I know we're making a difference when we make, work with the teachers too, but we don't see it as um, closely. <laughs> Get that, all that flowery, you know, yeah. adults, we put that shield up. We don't want to tell anybody that we're feeling too good or that it went too well or. <laughs> so true, Pat. <laughs> you know, like we, you know, kids are still like really out there and able, you know, to express their gratitude in ways that sometimes the adults don't always, you know, they feel like it's part of their job. And sometimes people don't love their jobs like we love our jobs, right? Right. So yeah, I don't get do. to do that. I mean, I really know I love my job. And both you and Brenda have been big, big, big supporters of the world of learning. And one of the things we always want to do, and Heidi Hayes Jacobs was the keynote this morning at where I was, she was talking about these silos. And I think, you know, like, so how can world of learning help STEM? Like, do you see inroads where what we do, you know, and maybe even if it's just how we've done things virtually, but do you, either of you really see um, how there could be a connect between what you do and what we do? Yeah, of course. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, well, go, you go ahead, Brenda. Okay. So I, I definitely think what you referenced just a second ago with the virtual skill, how much we can use the technology we now have available to us to extend learning, whether it be those online courses we were just talking about. Um, student programs had a little bit of a hybrid nature over the last two years that I think a little bit of it will stick around, maybe not as much as it is as, as we could, but it just depend, depends. Student programs are kind of a different breed with the students wanting to physically be together for these particular programs. But I do think that the skills that are brought to the table and the accessibility that can be provided to students just is really going to be a game changer. And, and we look to your organization for some of those best practices, what has worked for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, I think world of learning could eventually get to the point where they're incorporating robots into some of their classes just to teach <laughs> like the basic words, right? Like moving forward and, um, you know, turning left. And so like for basic keywords for directions could be really definitely something world of learning could um, tie in. But I know I personally have learned a ton in informal learning through world of learning um, when the pandemic hit. And like even Zoom, like I was just usually a participant. I wasn't normally a leader, but world of learning hosted a great webinar. Anita was the person that led it. And it was just fabulous to learn all the different asset, like aspects of Zoom. So like, I think there has already been some cross collaboration or some learning from each other. And I think there's always room to grow. Well, I love what you're talking about with 
the robots and that there is, I did talk to somebody like a year or so ago, right before the pandemic. And she was working with a technology company. She's a language teacher and they were kind of building things. So maybe we can um, like have more of this conversation and maybe we can learn from you. Like if there are things that we could do to code like flashcards or, you know, different things that the kids create their own learning, like where they kind of get to pick how they practice. And maybe one of them is they create their own flashcards or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't even know where to start when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yes, Pat, we should, we should tag team. <laughs> that would be so cool. That would be so cool. How about you, Lauren? How do you see um, how some of that connects? Yeah, I was also just like, I was getting so excited thinking because, you know, our like, elementary programs have just exploded at the world of learning. So we have a lot of younger students on board and um, just thinking about them coding their own robots. Yeah, totally. And some students already come in with like some skill sets from Duolingo, you know, and just how they've been learning online. And that's really great too. There's so many wonderful things for them to do out there. Um, I just really am, I just really love that we have that sort of shared mission of, you know, making learning more equitable, which is really important. Um, breaking down those barriers and getting the you know, whether it's for us, you know, getting that qualified language instructor or even science or math in front of the students when the school can't provide it themselves. Um, you guys get those really important things that are essential to learning in the hands of the students. And so, um, you know, I think we all agree that students in rural schools deserve the same opportunities as students in larger school districts with more resources. And so um, sharing that mission together is, is really amazing. Um, so Sarah and Brenda, you guys, you see a lot of programs in your work, you know, across intermediate units and surface organizations. So what's different about what we're doing at the IU and STEM and world of learning in your opinion? I think a lot of it is we have the same end game, but how we get there is going to be very different just based on our own experiences and the people that we're working with. I, I do think it, we bring a unique um, mindset to the table in that we do have really solid existing relationships with our local districts and by extension of that, our local communities. And I just think that's really a great opportunity to harness all that and, and be, do be the best organization and leaders for our world as we can be. Yeah, I agree, Brenda. Yeah, like for the STEM aspect, we want our equipment in the students' hands. And like, thanks to the PA Smart Grants, we were able to offer free online classes to get teachers comfortable with the tools in our lending center. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, these courses, teachers worked at their own pace. They had equipment in their hands. So there was definitely that hands-on component to it because that's vital for my trainings. Um, and they were, were able to work at their own pace um, to be successful with the robotics in their classroom. But with World of Learning, you guys get students excited about learning a foreign language or the sign language. Or um, now you're branching out into other subject areas as well. But you guys always use engaging teaching practices. And anyone that has ever been hesitant to put their child in an online class just needs to sit through one class of yours with top-notch educators that World of Learning has. And, and they'll realize their child may get more out of this course than possibly even an in-person face-to-face course because you guys really are the best and do it well. Oh, that's so sweet. So nice to hear that. Oh, <laughs> getting all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> it's really great. Um, and, and I think we feel so in awe of what you're able to do. And and I think one of the things I would love um, to do is to continue this conversation. Um, 
One of the things I would love is to think about, you know, as we close, what are some of the images, you know, like kind of innovations that we see that, you know, we're doing like, you know, and we use, like, I know you guys are using resources and tools um, that help us to push things out into the world a little further. Um, what would you love to see in schools that we're doing that maybe isn't going to go away? And how can we all help that? Big question, big question. That is a big question, Pat. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think online learning should ever go away. And I love that Brenda mentioned that the, there's an informal side to online learning, right? Like I'm a huge YouTube learner. I totaled my car right before the pandemic and I was like, maybe I should just fix it. I'm sure there's YouTube videos on how to do it because you can learn anything right now, right? And so I just, I never want online learning to go away because I just, it meets the needs of so many people. It makes it accessible whenever maybe a face-to-face -face class isn't accessible. And I love that you can cross collaborate with like different apps like Jamboard. Everyone can put their own ideas up there. And so like, I don't wanna see those things ever go away and I don't think they will. Um, and so those are just two two things off the top of my head that I think need to stay strong. <laughs> they're, they're good ones. They're very good ones. How about you, Brenda? I really think we're getting back to community a bit more than we had that we had lost sight of maybe as of the last several years, um, and not necessarily just in person community, but worldwide community, online community. Just so many opportunities to see the value in each other and uplift that rather than the opposite. So I really think that's a great opportunity that we are all facing right now with all the people that we work with. Oh, I love that. Oh, you're like talking my heart language there. <laughs> talking my heart language. Yeah. So Lauren, how about you? What do you, what would you love to see that we've done during the pandemic that, you know, really shouldn't go away? I think like we really became more flexible with meeting kids with where they are, you know, um, I think we gave ourselves and, each other and students grace, you know, for, you know, the difficulties that they were facing. And I think that, you know, we had students coming to their live sessions who weren't turning their cameras on, they weren't unmuting, and we found ways to reach them anyway. And I think that that is like f looking for the best in someone and knowing that, you know, they've got a lot going on and that you're still going to reach them and that you're, we're here to learn. I just think that that was so, that was a really good thing that came out of the pandemic, I think. Well, there is definitely more room to grow in this conversation. And I definitely want to bring this group back together again uh, to continue the conversation. I really, really, Brenda, Sarah, Lauren, I appreciate you so much joining us today um, to tell us what you do every day and, and how that's making such a great impact for the kids in our rural central Pennsylvania. And I think it's just such important work. So I'm really grateful. Um, to be your colleagues and to get to work with you and learn from you. And I look forward to learning more. So um, please share out what we do every day. Uh, you heard it here. We're the World of Learning Institute and we do this every day. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having hey, us. Thanks, thanks for being with us. Have a great day. Bye.